This is Cliff Mass, and welcome to my weather podcast. Each week, I talk about current weather, provide a forecast for the weekend and beyond, and give you more details about an interesting weather phenomenon. It's Friday, May 20th, and let's talk about the weather. Well, today is kind of an okay day. In the west, the June gloom came early, a lot of low clouds. The sun will break out later and temperatures will rise into the low 60s. Eastern Washington, particularly northeast part of eastern Washington, has some showers, some convective showers, and they certainly need the rain over the Okanagan. But in the longer term, I have some very good news. Finally, we can look forward to a good weekend with plenty of sun and temperatures rising to the 70s in the, in the west, maybe even the upper 70s in the east. A ridge of high pressure will build over the region this weekend, uh, bringing sun and warmth. Now, over the Puget Sound lowlands, uh, we'll probably have a few clouds in the morning. They'll break out on the, during Saturday. Temperatures will rise, in, rise to the mid-60s on Saturday in the western lowlands and the lower 70s on Sunday, so actually quite a nice weekend. Uh, add another five degrees if you are in the Columbia Basin. So over the lowlands of eastern western Washington, you can expect warmth and dry conditions. But things could be different in the mountains, uh, particularly on Saturday. It's relatively cool aloft, the sun's strong, it's heating the surface, and that's going to produce some convective showers in the mountains, particularly on Saturday and particularly during the afternoon. So if you're hiking, be prepared for a few showers if you're up in the mountains or if you're skiing near, near the passes or whatever. Now, temperatures should cool slightly on Monday and Tuesday as the ridge moves out. There'll be partly sunny conditions and temperatures getting into the 60s followed by warming on Wednesday and Thursday as a much stronger ridge of high pressure develops over us. So temperatures could go way up, up in the upper 60s, maybe even lower 70s as we get to Wednesday and Thursday in the Puget Sound lowlands. But don't think that rain and cool temperatures are history. The current model forecasts indicate a profound deterioration next weekend, uh, trough coming in, uh, so I think we could see rain and much cooler than normal temperatures into next week. And so this weekend's the one to get out. But let me not go into it in detail. And I want to ruin your weekend by describing the decline. You all deserve a break from the murk. Thanks for listening. Weather doesn't end with the forecast. Now let's talk about the special weather topic of the week. Today, I want to talk a little bit about drought in eastern Washington. This week, the Seattle Times published another story about extreme and severe drought in eastern Washington. In this article, they present a week-old drought map from the U.S. Drought Monitor site, and this graphic shows extreme drought over eastern Washington and particularly from Yakima through Moses Lake. Reality is very different. 
and I would like to provide a little more background on the water situation in eastern Washington. But let's start with the basics. Much of eastern Washington is a desert, which is typically defined as an area that receives less than 10 inches of rain over an entire year. Why is this region so dry and arid? Because it is in the rain shadow of the Cascades. When the winds are from the west, as they generally are, the air rises on the western side of the Cascades and then sinks on the eastern side, sinking, causing dryness. Now, this arid desert area stretches from the Tri-Cities to Moses Lake to Yakima. You can think of that region. And it is useless for agriculture without irrigation. It's just too dry. But with the massive dam projects on the Columbia and the Yakima rivers, a huge supply of water is available. And because of that, this region has become a major agricultural area for both the state and the nation. Local rainfall is not important in this desert. It's the irrigation. What really matters is the precipitation in the mountains, the Cascades for the Yakima River, uh, the mountains of British Columbia for the, for the Columbia River, and the Rockies and the Blue Mountains for the Snake River. Rainfall and early snowmelt during the winter and early spring determines the current river levels that we're enjoying right now and the current reservoir levels. In contrast, the snowpack determines how much extra water will be available from snowmelt later in the season. Another thing to keep in mind is that snowpack can also reduce fire potential, for, you know, wildfire potential, on the upper slopes of the mountains of eastern Washington. So what is the situation now and later this summer regarding all these water sources? It is extremely favorable because we've had normal and above normal precipitation in the regional mountains. The reservoirs are full and local rivers like the Columbia or the Yakima are at normal or above normal levels. And after a cool wet spring, uh, the snowpack on our regional terrain is way above no normal, stunning how much snow is in the mountains. And this will result in bountiful snow melt later this summer, huge additional source of water. In short, there is plenty of water for irrigated agriculture in the Columbia Basin. And this is the area that the Seattle Times and the drought monitor map is highlighting as in the middle of the most extreme drought. Has the precipitation been less than normal in this region for the last year? The answer is yes, but it is meaningless because of the irrigation. A desert is slightly drier. That's all that we're talking about. And then there is the area of southeast Washington, towards Walla Walla and Pullman and Spokane. In this region, rainfall increases as we get away from the rain shadow core to 15 to 20 inches a year. And dryland farming becomes po possible 
We're talking about winter and spring wheat, barley, things like that. And cattle grazing becomes more viable because there's more precipitation for grasses that the, that the cattle, cattle can graze on. Now, it is true that this area has been a little drier than normal the past year, but it's been nothing unusual. Similarly dry conditions have occurred 10 to 20 times over the past 75 years. But there's more. During the past few months, we have experienced, they have experienced, cool and moist conditions over southeast Washington and surface and near-surface soil moisture, which is essential for wheat and forage, is above normal. I repeat, the moisture in the soils are above normal. Some farmers are reporting that the soils are so moist and the conditions so sloppy that it's difficult to move their equipment into the fields. Farmers report that soil moisture conditions for their crops are favorable. And I should note that the forecast models, which show skillfully out the next week or two what's going to happen, shows no heat waves or unusually dry conditions. In fact, just the opposite. More rain is coming to eastern Washington, which will ensure that the soils remain moist. Recently, I talked to Professor Dennis Lettenmeyer of UCLA, former, formerly of the UW. He is one of the most knowledgeable hydrologists in the nation, a person who studies soil moisture and, and things like that. He confirmed what I'm telling you here. There is no drought in eastern Washington. So why are we in a situation where such misinformation about eastern Washington drought is being distributed, distributed to the public? Now, we start with the drought monitor product, which is what was shown in the Seattle Times, and many people talk about. But this is simply the subjective judgment of a U.S. Department of Agricultural and Analyst, subjective. And this graphic has a tendency, a severe tendency, to exaggerate drought, and it fails to connect this drought index to real-world impacts. And then there is the media, like the Seattle Times, which has taken on itself the role to convince its readers of the current impacts of global warming, even if the impacts don't exist now. Global warming is a serious enough threat, particularly for the end of the century. But hyping and exaggerating or making up impacts does not help and only makes people fearful and anxious. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Feel free to send me your questions or any topics you would like me to cover. This podcast will be available every Friday morning on my blog and major podcast platforms. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to use the Patreon link on my blog. See you next time.